Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This message comes from Viking. Committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive with no children and no casinos. Discover more at viking.com. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Save America with your host, Sean Parnell. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Battleground Live. And I guess we're off to a good start because I unmuted myself and I'm able to talk and I hope that you can hear me. So I'm good. Off on the right foot. And I got to tell you, after 22 days, Republicans finally, finally elected a speaker of the house and the house is back in business ladies and gentlemen and i gotta say mike johnson who is the brand new speaker of the house 51 years old i think he's been in congress for seven years from louisiana he's good i like him he gets my dab of approval my stamp of approval he's conservative um you know, Mike is, um, I don't actually know him well. And, and, you know, as you know, I know lots of people down there, but I don't actually know him well, but he has an incredible reputation for being a very strict, rigorous, constitutional conservative. Um, he's a lawyer. He's pro-life. He's America first. He's he's a Trump fan. Um, he opposes, and this is so important to me, but he, un- he opposes sending unaccounted billions to Ukraine. So, you know, I, I as at this point in time in in my in my life, you know, I, I think to just so happen believe that we should not be spending hundreds of billions of dollars on Ukraine and a war with no end in sight that seems to be and will be for the next decade in a perpetual stalemate. Um, he opposes that, preferring instead to spend that money if we have to spend it at all right here at home. Uh, this is a guy that served on the Judiciary Committee and the Armed Services Committee, which, of course, I like that. Uh, Judiciary Committee is a great committee and and actually grooms you quite well for being a leader because uh, they're just responsible for so much oversight. Uh, I also have to say, uh, Mike Johnson is also real close with Jim Jordan. So they're, they're just two sides of the same coin. I mean, obviously, as you all know, if you've been watching this show, which I know many of you have, uh, I, Jim Jordan should have got it. I mean, of course, but hey, it, it, what's done is done. Mike Johnson's the guy. Uh, as I mentioned, he's a constitutional, he's a constitutional lawyer. Here's, here's a big one. 
this is Mike Johnson is the guy that stepped up to defend Donald Trump twice during the impeachment proceedings on Capitol Hill as his defense attorney. Guy's married for 24 years. He's a father of four, which I don't care what anyone says. That, that that's important. I mean, and I know that Mike and I've heard from so many of my my friends down there that he's a good man, good husband, good father and uh, folks in the trenches with me today and my fellow patriots. That's really, really important. Um, Liz Cheney doesn't like him, which is a big win. Nancy Pelosi doesn't like him, which is a big win. Adam Schiff is all over Twitter. The poindexter Adam Schiff with his bulging eyes, mouth breathing Adam Schiff was all over Twitter crying today about it. These are all huge pluses to me. So when you evaluate a Republican's performance, just watch how the media talks about him and watch how the opposition talks about him. The Democrats absolutely loathe this guy because Mike, not only is he a strong constitutional conservative, he's a constitutional lawyer. He could articulate himself quite well. And you know, as is typically the case in the U.S. House of Representatives, all the people that are, are very articulate, typical lawyers uh, that can ask very strong questions end up on judiciary. So, again, uh, Mike is a guy that's, I think, going to do a great job in that regard. And another thing, most of the communist Democrats cannot stand this guy. And that is a big, big deal for our movement. And so um, I'm optimistic in, in lots of ways. Um, I'm going to talk about Mike Johnson, uh, Mike Johnson's position on continuing resolutions, which, of course, I'm opposed to uh, in one second. But first, I want to thank Deepwell. Uh, they're the founding sponsor of this program. They're an amazing drilling company with locations all over the country. They're hiring. If you need a job, they're a hell of a company to work for. I know the executives that really are the best of the best of the best have nothing but great things to say about them. They treat you like family. That's part of their mantra in their mission. So go to deepwellservices.com. If you're looking for a job, they hire and they pay really, really well. Um, I also want to talk real quickly because we're going to have the great and savage, savage Rich Barris on a little bit later. And when Rich and I get going, as you've been watching this show, you know, we just go, we can go for probably two hours. This show's only an hour. So we want to talk quickly about American Alternative Assets. Um, they're a sponsor of the program as well. And look, sponsors are really important because this show will always be free to you, 100% free to you. Uh, but we got to pay the bills and these people are supporters, so it matters. Uh, but Bidenomics isn't working. The U.S. dollar is losing value and your hard-earned savings are at risk. So so you can act now before it's too late with one straightforward, entirely legal tax loophole. Contact my friends at American Alternative Assets for a free wealth protection guide. Learn how to safeguard your wealth from a failing dollar in volatile markets with gold and silver IRAs. Dial 833-2USA-GOLD. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. We all need protection from Joe Biden because that old man, decrepit old man, really, really sucks. But this invaluable guide will outline the precise steps that you need to take immediately to transfer your IRA or 401k into precious metals, uh, all without any tax consequences. So call 833, the number two USA gold. That's 833-287-2465 or visit protectfrombiden.com. Okay. Continuing resolutions. Mike Johnson, this is so important, folks. So, so important. Uh, but Mike Johnson says we aren't going to do continuing resolutions anymore. Now, if you are like me, then which I think many of you are, then you believe that $33 trillion in debt is unsustainable. The ship that is America is sinking and we are spending more than we take in and running deficits every year. These deficits and our debt, debt and deficit spending 
essentially mortgages the future of our children. There's some crazy stat out there, folks. Don't quote me on this because, frankly, the number changes all the time. It goes up. It's going in the wrong direction. But every American that's born into this country with the debt that we have today, I think is born with something like $100,000 of debt already the moment they're brought into this world. That's completely unacceptable. Part of the reason for that is continuing resolutions and omnibus spending. It is very, very, very bad. And it's part of the reason why our debt and deficit spending has ballooned so much. And, And just to give you a sense of what that looks like, our government, kind of works like the U.S. military. When I was in the Army, it's like you get a budget that you're allocated every year, and your goal by the end of the fiscal year in October is to spend every single penny of that. And sometimes in October, you've got a surplus left over, and you just got to say, hey, look, we're going to go out and buy all new office chairs. We're going to go out and buy a new copier. We're going to go out and buy new desks for everybody or new barracks furniture because you just want to spend the money that was allocated to you. Because you know if you don't and you actually have a surplus, your budget's going to be cut the next year. Well, the federal government does business in a very similar or the similar way, except for 75%. Yes, folks, this is a fact. 75% of our budget every year cannot be touched by law. They are what's called mandatory spending programs, you know, things like social security uh, and, and Medicare. Now, now, To be fair, people paid into Social Security their entire life. It should be there for them when they retire. Unfortunately, for people like me, it probably won't because Social Security is on track to be insolvent by, I think, 2035. Again, precisely because, you know, it's a couple of different things. People are retiring later and drawing their money later and they're living longer and all of that. But the the major issue is, is that our budget just, it just balloons every year. It gets worse and worse and worse. Every single year, we just spend more than we have. Washington, D.C. is addicted to spending. And I'm telling you all of this because I think it is just an unbelievable national security threat. You cannot have a strong military without a strong economy. And our economy will be decimated if debt and deficit spending is out of control. And folks, we're already there. Uh, so Mike Johnson says we aren't going to do continuing resolutions anymore. In fact, this is a direct quote. We're not going, we are not doing continuing resolutions anymore. We're doing instead a messy process of doing 12 separate small spending bills that are single subject. It takes more time. It's a messier process, but in the end, I think it will be good for the American people because we're trying to curtail spending and the growth of government. Folks, this is a huge deal. And and the reason like you talk about single subject spending bills, Joe Biden has already made it very clear that he's going to lump Ukraine aid packages and military spending with Ukraine or uh, Israel Israel aid, military spending with Ukraine, military uh, military spending as well. I hate that because there's actually very little accountability that what happens with your tax dollars. It's just using Ukraine and Israel as an example. Those two conflicts are very, very, very different. As I mentioned yesterday, briefly on the show, Israel has very broad bipartisan support, you know, and, and most of that military aid and uh, other aid packages have already been appropriated uh, in Congress. So it's a heck of a lot easier fight. Now, the fight over Ukraine and aid to, to Ukraine, uh, Ukraine military aid is it's it's much tougher, especially in the House of Representatives, which is why we should separate it. But Mike Johnson supports that. Um, so let me just give you a sense of where we are. I told you that Mike Johnson is a really good guy, but I cannot stress this enough, folks. This is just so important. And I, I need you to hear me on this. 
But there is a phrase that we had uh, in the military called deeds, not words. And what I used to say on the campaign trail all the time, especially when these Democrats lie, because frankly, if Democrats are breathing, they're lying. And I'm not talking about old school Democrats. I'm talking about commie mouth breathing Democrats that we have today, especially, especially, especially these fake moderates in swing districts who vote with Elon Omar most of the time. Don't listen to what they say. They whisper sweet nothings in your ear, and then they go and vote exactly the same as the squad. So do not listen to what Democrats say, but just politicians in general, don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. So, of course, I'm cautiously optimistic about Mike Johnson. He's a hell of a great conservative. I think he's going to be good. Uh, But when you talk about like this isn't necessarily sort of building to deeds, not words, it's, it's really about what happens. It's really not about being a fan of McCarthy. It's not about being a fan of Gates. I mean, there are lots of things, you know, if you look at you do what's called an after action report in the military, you do this stuff all the time. You look back at how Republicans approach this. I've said time and time again, you know, if you're Matt Gates and you want to file a motion to vacate, fine, at least have a plan, at least have somebody ready that already has the votes. That didn't happen. Water under the bridge, right? Um, not really about Kevin McCarthy either. I don't, I generally just don't like any politicians. I I, I think that I mean, there are some very, very, very good ones as well. So I don't want to make an overly broad statement here, but I don't trust politicians. My oath is to the Constitution and to the American people and to our country. So I'm just trying to say that if Republicans moving forward, get your you know what together, because the Democrats are playing for keeps. We've got a couple years to turn this country around. And by God, if and, and I'm not trying to use the Lord's name in vain, but if we don't elect Donald Trump in 2024, we are in very, very big trouble. I mean, frankly, I I am not entirely sure. I'm not wholly sure that America will last beyond 2024 if we don't manage to get Donald Trump elected. A couple things I want you to keep in mind as we move forward. Okay. People are generally a fan, especially the base of this motion to vacate. The motion to vacate is the rule uh, what, you know, Matt Gates and eight Republicans, along with Democrats, used to get rid of Kevin McCarthy. It can be pro. There was a rule change after Nancy Pelosi um, left the speakership when Republicans took back the majority. See, Nancy Pelosi got rid of the, the motion to vacate Matt Gates when Kevin McCarthy was initially elected. Matt Gates was able to get that as a concession. Uh, from Kevin McCarthy over that 15 vote marathon vote when Kevin, you know, basically as as a hedge, basically to keep Kevin McCarthy, you know, ensure that Kevin McCarthy keeps his promises, essentially. But to keep in mind, that can be filed by one person. So Mike Johnson is the guy today. Tomorrow, it might not be. And let me just play the devil's advocate on motion to vacate. OK, I, I look. I, I told you before, I don't really care about politicians. I generally don't like any of them. Again, with notable, notable exceptions to that rule. But if any of you all have been a leader at any point in time in your life, then you know that le- if you aren't pissing someone off every now and again, then you likely aren't doing your job as a leader. If you're a small business owner, right, and you have a policy that makes one of your employees upset or mad. And that employee says, you know, well, hey, uh, screw this. I don't like this guy. I'm going to try to get him fired. And he can with, a, you know, the, the, the way that the motion to vacate is structured right now. One person can do that and bring a vote on the House floor. I got to tell you, it's kind of hard to do your job. Even the most conservative person in the world. So let's say, for example, you're Mike Johnson and you're super conservative. Well, guess what? 
You got squishes in the U.S. House of Representatives. You got a lot of real squishes in the U.S. House of Representatives. What if they don't like some of the conservative stuff that he's putting forward? And all of a sudden, they file another motion to vacate. One person can do it. And then you got 100% of Dems voting with five people to get out a Republican speaker. I'm just saying, it, it doesn't exactly bode well for our government actually functioning in the only legislative branch that we control completely in the U.S. House of Representatives. So just giving you both sides of the argument there, again, I, I, I don't really care either way, but a motion to vacate does cause issues for leaders. Because as I said, if you're not pissing somebody off every now and again as a leader, you're just not doing your job. Um, okay, the fundraising implications. And what does this mean for incumbents and candidates? Well, Republicans just took 22 days off. The, one of the primary responsibilities of Speaker of the House and then National Republican Congressional Committee, guys like Tom Emmer and even senior members of the judiciary, the chairman of the judiciary, Jim Jordan, most of these guys help candidates and other junior incumbents raise money. Keep in mind that people in the U.S. House of Representatives run for office every two years. And so as, as someone who's actually run for office in the U.S. House of Representatives, that two years comes around really, really, really fast. And what people don't like about being in the U.S. House is that you have to fundraise essentially every single day, even after you win. I mean, maybe you take a week off if you're lucky, but you are raising money for your next race like the 24 hours after you win if you're doing it the right way. Well, guys like, you know, Kevin McCarthy, say what you want about him, was one of the best fundraisers in the history of the Republican Party. And 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 Tom Emmer is the chairman of the National Republican Congressional Committee. Both of these guys are charged with helping incumbents and candidates raise money. Well, we just took three weeks off. And folks, I'm telling you, this is going to hurt the Republican Party going into 2024. Candidates and especially candidates, right? Because it's always hard to raise money as a candidate. Because you've got to convince donors that you're the right person. If you're a primary, that exasperates the problem. Uh, if you're an incumbent, generally you have a little bit easier of a time, especially if you're willing to work hard. But folks, the, the Speaker of the House controls what's called CLF. CLF is the Congressional Leadership Fund. The Congressional Leadership Fund is a super PAC, again, controlled exclusively by the Speaker of the House. And the Speaker of the House uses those that super PAC, which generally has and probably has over $200 million in it, to help candidates all across the country win races. And so I'm telling you, this fight, I think it remains to be seen. And we'll talk to Savage Rich Barris about this when we get him on. But I think it, I, I think generally, because uh, I was talking to Rich last week about or maybe a few days, I think generally Americans are split on how they view this speaker stuff, maybe even a slight majority opposed to deposing Speaker McCarthy in the way that they did. Uh, we'll talk to Rich about it and get his feedback. But from a fundraising standpoint, and always remember what I tell you about fundraising dollars when you're running a federal campaign, you liken fundraising dollars to bullets in your gun in combat. If you run out of bullets in your gun in combat and the enemy is surrounding you and you're getting hit by mortars and the enemy's dropping bombs on you and you don't have the ability to shoot back because you've run out of ammunition, you're dead on arrival on the battlefield. In politics, if you don't have the money to respond to commercials or mailers or attack ads or the Democrat committees attacking you and you don't have the money to get up on TV or send out mailers yourself, you're dead on arrival on the political battlefield. So I'd worry 
about what this chaos means for the Republican Party moving forward. Uh, but I got to play this video here of of these reporters uh, last night, of course, asking Mike Johnson when he was the speaker designee before he actually won. What do you think? You think they were actually asking him meaningful questions about the future, about policy? No. These mouth breathing, you know, basically Democrat super PAC journalists, these fake journalists who are supposed to be watchdogs of people in power, by the way, but really they're just lapdogs for the Democrats. They're not asking about anything in the future. They're still focused on what happened in 2020. Go ahead and roll this tape, but watch how the Republicans respond. It's amazing. Check it out. You see the woman there on the right? Oh, shut up. Shut up. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous that, that, that the Democrats are still singularly focused on the 2020 race, trying to, you know, position Republicans as election deniers. And by the way, Anytime you hear some moron in the media or some mouth breather uh, commie Democrat talk about being an election denier, just blow them off completely because they are fundamentally unserious people. No one's denying elections. It's just straight up propaganda. It's Democrat propaganda. It's buzzword nonsense. Never mind the fact that Democrats have been protesting elections since Richard Nixon. I mean, I swear to God, for the past 50 years, every every elections that Democrats have lost, they've protested. They've even protested electors on the House floor. But listen to what Hakeem Jeffries had to say about Mike Johnson earlier today. And this is how, again, this is how you know he's the right person for the job. Go ahead and roll the tape. Mike Johnson, uh, who's their newest uh, nominee, has a very uh, pleasant demeanor in terms of how he communicates. But his voting record uh, is as extreme as the most extreme members of their conference, with very few exceptions. Uh, And I think, you know, what we'll see is that if they are able to get to the number they need to get to today, 217, Um, You know, that Mike Johnson is someone who, like Kevin McCarthy, like Steve Scalise, like Jim Jordan, uh, voted to overturn the 2020 presidential election. Uh, That Mike Johnson, similar to all of those individuals, has a track record of trying to undermine Social Security and Medicare and end these incredibly important things that are connected to the fabric of our country. Uh, and in them as we know it, that, that Mike Johnson, probably more so than almost any other member of the House Republican Conference, wants to criminalize abortion care and impose a nationwide ban. So later on today, we'll make clear that we will continue to forcefully push back against that extremism. These people always pivot right back to the same thing. Oh, he's going to ban abortion nationwide, even though he's Speaker of the House. I mean, he's he has I'm telling you, he's just Speaker of the House. I mean, you can't wave a magic wand and do these things. But this is what Democrats do. These are always scare tactics. It always goes back to, you know, pre-existing conditions. Republicans are going to kick you off your health care plan if you have a pre-existing condition or Republicans are going to get rid of Social Security or Medicare. They're going to throw granny off a cliff. It's the same predictable BS all the time from these losers. But here's the problem. While Hakeem Jeffries is out there saying that Mike Johnson and the media is, of course, repeating these ridiculous claims that Republicans are election deniers and everything else. But Hakeem Jeffries is a freaking blue and on lunatic conspiracy theorist because 
And listen, let's just listen to uh, Hakeem Jeffries in this video talking about uh, denying elections and calling President Trump illegitimate. T check, check this out. There is a cloud of illegitimacy around the election of Donald Trump. Russia interfered with our election, attacked our democracy for the sole purpose of artificially placing someone at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. They were successful. There is clearly a cloud of illegitimacy hanging over 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue that's growing bigger by the day. There's a cloud of illegitimacy that continues to hang over 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. <laughs> so-called president of the United States, so-called president, so-called president, so-called president. crazy right I mean, the guy is a total lunatic and see this is what i mean i was saying in the live chat to, to folks that republicans are when i say republicans can be squishes republicans always try to ingratiate themselves with the media especially people that get elected to some people who get elected to congress want to use that platform to somehow become a celebrity they want to be friends with the media. They love the coverage. They love the attention. They love being on TV. And they think it's part, they want to get in with that popular crowd. But the reality is you're just going to be a useful idiot to the Democrats who are, you're going to end up criticizing your own party, like Garden State Lizzo, a.k.a. Chris Christie. Um, you know, because you remember he worked on ABC for a long time and all he did was criticize the Republican Party. That's what you become as a Republican if you actually get what you want. But Democrats never do this. Democrat doesn't matter what district they're in, doesn't matter if they're in swing district or not. These people are always crazy whack jobs. They all believe the same thing and they enjoy what I like to call tactical flexibility on the battlefield because they have a, a ready, willing and able media to fly cover for them all the time. The, it, it, it just never ceases to amaze me how these whack job Democrats get away with what they do. But anyway... Let's move right along. As, as you know, I told you in the chat, we were able to secure Savage, the very, very savage Rich Barris for the interview here. I know he had a busy schedule today, but we're grateful that he could fit us into his busy, busy schedule. So without further ado, let's get Rich Barris's savage Rich Barris's take on the problems that we face of the day. Savage Rich, welcome to Battleground. I'm so thanks for having me, Sean, as always. I'm so glad that you played that <laughs> that montage. And I couldn't remember whether or not he's like, so, whether that one included so-called, so-called, so-called. Yeah. This guy, every leader in the Democratic Party in the Trump era has been an election denier and an election <laughs> attempter to overthrow her. I don't know what else you want to They deny, they tried to deny delegates. Remember the faithless elector scheme? Let's not forget that. Um, yes. And then, of course, the most dangerous of all, Sean, the collusion hoax which was an actual attempt 
by the administrative state to overthrow a duly elected president. That like like legit sedition. Legit. I, it's, sedition. It's a, anyone who believes in the Russia PP tape should just generally not believe them about everything. Just, <laughs> just don't listen to him. Just write him off completely because these people are total mouth breathing idiots. One of those uh, tweets that he put up, and it's in there, I believe. And he says, you know, I hate to say it, but it's becoming the more evidence we see, the more uh, it looks like he's illegitimate. That's the <laughs> night that Jake Tapper had to go on and walk back some of the claims made by the Daily Beast over the dossier. Like, so they had to do a little cover, you know what, for CNN, because CNN <laughs> was trying to pop off of the Daily Beast. Remember, oh, we didn't report it, but... It's been out there. And then Jake Tapper the next night had to go back and try to get away from it a little bit. And that's the night Hakeem Jeffries is like, hey, look, it's looking worse. Meanwhile, it wasn't at all. It was looking ridiculous. It's it's so funny. We call Jake Tapper on this program Monica Lewinsky's boyfriend uh, because right after the scandal broke with Monica Lewinsky, and go ahead, seriously, Rich, throw it, throw it into a search engine when I'm done. But he like, went out with Monica Lewinsky and was and totally wrote this expose all tell all, uh, you know, op-ed or editorial about his experience with her. It was one of the grossest, most, and I, this is a, a, a greatly overused term in our time, but misogynistic, like he just talked about her, like she was just such a piece of meat. And that's why every time I see him and he looks like he's on the, he's on the TV, he's like, hum, hum, like acts like he's so prim and proper, but I'm like, you are a gross, disgusting human being. What's particularly bad about uh monica lewinsky's boyfriend is that he pretends to be fair but he's not he 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 put on these glasses lately have you seen his glasses yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry i can't help it i gotta make fun of him he puts on these glasses in an attempt to make himself look more sophisticated sean because of all the crap he's been through he's a russian pusher you know that's one of the it's not only a hoax it was a disinformation campaign i mean completely in the military completely. If you're in the military, you're in the intel community, uh, you know what that really was. They turned the dark arts on their own people. And that's something they used to overthrow governments in third world countries. They're not supposed to use it on us. And people like Jake Tapper were willing participants. And why wouldn't they be, Sean? You know, the, the, the emails that were released by WikiLeaks, um, I never looked at Jake Tapper the same way again. Now, I knew he was a Democrat. And he feigned outrage when Donna Brazil got busted leaking uh, the uh, debate questions from CNN to Hillary Exactly. Clinton. But then here yes. he is. Here he is in emails that were sent back and forth between his team and the Clinton campaign before that ever happened, asking her, what do you want me to, to, to ask? He was interviewed, interviewing Cruz and Trump on foreign policy during the nomination in 2016. And he was asking the Clinton campaign to give them questions. How do you want me to try to trip <laughs> them up on foreign policy? What works with your narrative about how crazy their foreign policy is this this week? I mean, <laughs> we have to stop pretending like these people are legitimate media. We got to go back to party media day, Sean, the beginning of the Republic. Everybody knew this paper pushed this uh, point of view, and we weren't under this fake impression that they were impartial. We just knew they had an objective, which was to convince us of their point of view, and we made informed decisions based on that. And that's what we have to go back to, because we're never going to clean them up, that's, brother. 
Rich, that's such a fascinating point. I actually completely agree. Like these people, like Jake Tapper worked for an anti-gun group. Like he's a known Democrat operative from Philadelphia. Everybody knows yeah. that, but he acts like he's just not, you know, and same thing with George Stephanopoulos. I mean, all the same. George. Same thing. They all act like they're fair. They're nothing but Democrat operatives, and they worked in official positions within the Democrat Party. I mean, okay, so let me train. I got to get your take on this speaker fight. You and I exchanged some text messages a few days ago about, you know, how the American people perceive this. I think it was a Harvard Harris poll you sent. Uh, looking yeah. through that poll, it looked like Americans were fairly divided on on this whole. You know, speaker chaos for lack of a better term and 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 what uh you know how and one how he was how McCarthy was taken out and then the chaos thereafter give me a sense of a couple two questions what do you think of of Mike Johnson and how do the American people feel about this moving forward well two two things on Mike Johnson one he's a big step up from Kevin McCarthy without a doubt he is um he's a solid Agreed. guy for for people who don't know him out there and you're wondering what to make of him, I'm telling you, he's a solid guy. Um, that being said, I worry because, you know, the Republican conference is not a MAGA conference right now. What happened? And we can get into the, you know, in depth uh, what took so long and why why events played out the way they did. Eventually, they had to capitulate. The establishment being they had to capitulate to Johnson because he's he's different. He didn't come with some of the strings that. Jordan came with and and uh, they got a little bit outmaneuvered. They they really couldn't hold on for much longer. And the attempts by Kay Granger, who chairs the Appropriations Committee, by uh, Don Bacon, who chairs the Armed Services Committee, to basically reinstall Kevin McCarthy, which is what they were trying to do, uh, failed. And it was it just wasn't sustainable to keep this up with Johnson because he has respect from both sides of the aisle. And there's an inside story here about how uh, that the people on that effort nearly lost the respect of or, or lost the backing or the, I, I, dare I say respect, from people like Emmer and Scalise who didn't know the full extent of what was going on behind their back. So, that you know, the establishment not only stabbed MAGA in the back, they started stabbing each other in the back. And once that started to happen, it all fell apart. But I worry about them because it, they don't have the conference that they need to push an agenda that looks like Johnson's voting record, if we're being honest. So, you know, I, I think it's a huge, huge um, improvement for representation in the Republican Party, but he is now at risk. And you said it. Rich, I, I completely state. agree. Yeah, about the motion to vacate, right? You're you're gonna have about the, you're gonna you're gonna have squishes weaponized that against him. And you know you know what I worry about, Rich. And uh, I was thinking, well, I was thinking, a hundred percent, it's gonna happen. You watch. Yep. Uh, but something that worries me is that Mike Johnson is a great conservative. He's the right kind of conservative. He's our kind of conservative. But many of these politicians is when I talk about the, maybe there is some wisdom of, of having a swamp killer in that position of speaker of the house, because they understand the game. I mean, seriously, like there's just, a, there's a game that's played and they play for keeps in DC. And, and I've told people before about how sometimes the party will draw people in to run for races that they know are fundamentally unwinnable, but it'll oh, it'll force the, their Democrat opponent to spend money against them. And if the Democrat oh, yeah. spent, uh, opponent spends money against them, well, then it's 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 less money that the Democrats as a machine will have overall nationwide. And if they spend less money, it helps Republicans. That's just the philosophy. And I've seen it t play out time and time again. What I'm worried about, and no one is talking about this, is that Johnson's a good guy. 
I think that this chaos, I haven't seen any empirical data to back this up, but my sense is, is that overall, this hurts the Republican Party going into 2024. Um, my sense is, is that as I let in with the fundraising numbers, that's going to make Republicans, at least in the House of Representatives, weaker from a fundraising standpoint going into 2024. And if Republicans are at risk, if they risk or if they lose the majority, which doesn't take much at this point. Um, no, and again, I, this is just all speculation, Rich. But if they lose the majority, they're going to pin this on Johnson. They're going to be right back at square one with somebody who's, you know, like the original gangsters like Scalise, McCarthy, Emmer, any one of those guys. And Emmer would have been worse than McCarthy. I mean, you know, when oh, you and I oh, talking, uh, you, oh yes. my God, I'm like, no, Sean, no, for the love of God, no. And I'm so glad that the president <laughs> got involved because this is a guy, I mean, imagine the, and it happened, they nominated him. Imagine the, the just, just imagine this. The Republican Party nominated a man who doesn't understand the importance of the Electoral College and, in fact, supports the popular vote over the Electoral College. So this is a <laughs> man who's trying to drive us into a civil war. Is he out of his mind? I mean, he's a brainless fool. I'm sorry. Um, but the second thing, too, is that I at least this could be temporary, but there is evidence that this back this this fighting did hurt Republicans on the generic ballot. I sent you the Harvard Harris poll. There's a lot of others as well and our own. Trump was outperforming Republicans before, but Republicans still had, in our polling, like a little one-point lead uh, and many others. Uh, that is gone now. Democrats have a lead on the generic ballot in several ones that I trust and you know, ones that we do. It could be temporary. It could rebound, but they don't have a lot of room uh, because they are running so far behind Donald Trump. They don't have a lot of time or room. Uh, they better get you know their act together and please the base because— if they don't and there's all of this bad blood and they try to derail Johnson and they go back into fighting, it's not going to go well. Look, I'm talking about for the normal people in America who don't want to hear about this. Most people didn't know the House wasn't conducting that much business at all, you know, but you <laughs> right. can't keep that up forever. <laughs> we just can't. Uh, the good news on this for uh, I would say the good news for we the people, meaning not, you know, just conservatives, but people who care about the betterment of the country and aren't super even even those who who may be conservative at heart, but don't consider themselves very partisan, the establishment is a little tired. And, you know, so I'm not sure how much they're going to want to rock the boat constantly like this because they have something we don't, which is special interest groups banging down their door that they want things funded, that they want things you know taken care of. Think about it. Bacon pretends like he comes across like he's some virtuous guy. Sean, the guy's so full of crap. Bacon is run <laughs> by two people, the military-industrial complex and the banking industry. That is his district. I tell people this all the time. Go to your mailbox and go get your credit card bill. That's Don Bacon's district. And then the second thing is, what is his committee? Think about it. All he does is fun. he wants Ukraine was a deal breaker. If Jim Jordan doesn't give me my money for Ukraine, it's not his money. It's his benefactor's money. You know, so these people come across always like they have the moral high ground. They're so full of it. And at the end of the day, Bacon <laughs> can't go back to his donors and say, I think I'm going to derail Johnson because I'm mad. And they're going to tell him, no, you're not. No, you're not, Don. You're going to go back to your seat. Shut up and get me my money. And that's going to be how. And he's going to, yes, sir. And he'll whip his tail right between his little legs and he'll waddle back to his committee chair seat and he'll get the money for it. <laughs> Savage Rich, you never disappoint. I, I, so this is, a, this is good. I'm going to come at you with a hot. I'm going to come at you with a hot take here, Rich. I'm going to come at you with a hot take, and I want your take. I want your take on my hot take. Um, I think Republicans have a better chance. I think Republicans have a better chance right as, as of as of this moment right now. 
and this is not based on any empirical data, just my feeling that they have a better chance of taking back the Senate than they do the House. They're keeping the House. Yeah, I believe your, the Senate your map thoughts. is good. The Senate map is good for them. Some of them better get their acts together because with the exception of Kerry Lake, uh, who still is running behind Trump, but she's not running behind him. Like I've seen some of these other guys run behind Trump in some of these states. Uh, they really... Uh, they have better attempt. The, the map looks good, but also their fundraising situation. You brought this up in this is reality. People have to focus on. They they have to acknowledge it at least. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the, the ability for these Senate candidates to fund their campaigns adequately is looking better right now than some of the endangered House Republicans. I'll tell you this. I mean, Sean, I'll give you this hot, you know, this right, hot off the press. And it's not off the yeah. press. I, it's hot off me getting off the phone with a bunch of people. Um Take John Duarte in California 13. The guy is as rhino as they come. I have all these people trying to come to me to vouch for him, and he blows it for them every time. They have to call me to apologize for him letting them down again. It's pathetic. But he was in on this thing to reinstall Kevin McCarthy because he needs McCarthy's money. It really comes down to that. And he took a lot of money from Kevin McCarthy. He's been rotating out all these consultants because he's awful. He's an awful candidate, and they can't work with him. Um, they're about to just write them off. And Adam Gray, the Democrat, or the likely Democrat, has had allies who has already, they've already been hitting him with third party money because he has voted in ways that'll not only tick off the base, but tick off the Democratic Party. So they're literally, uh, you know, targeting Republican voters against him. Look at what he did on the border. He let you down again. He sent money to Ukraine instead of to your family. Uh, they've been doing that to the right. And then, exaggerating some of his other positions to to scare democrats right without kevin i don't know what he's going to do they're already talking about pulling him off you know the map of serious incumbents that they have to defend david valadeo is not there yet but that's another reason why david valadeo was in the same camp with duarte they needed kevin's money and i know a lot of the base will say and I, you know it's hard for me to disagree with them i'm just trying to tell them the reality of the situation like you were you know but i it I, it's hard for me to disagree with them when they say well the, you know then the heck with them let them go you know i mean the, at some point we had to break the back of how this is all set up and you know mccarthy and emmer played an enormous role in there wouldn't be a small majority right now if it wasn't for kevin mccarthy and tom emmer sabotaging a lot of candidates but guess why those candidates lost folks they lost because they didn't have that money they didn't have that support. So it's real easy to run one bad story against a candidate who's in a Trump plus three district and they'll lose by 12 points. That's what happened to several of them out there. And money is a ugly but necessary reality in a lot. It's of true. And these House candidates will need it. Sean, you know it. You've run for all. You know how this works. And I do. They, they wanted Kevin's money. They needed Kevin's money. And now they're I mean, it's it's we're we're a year out. And they're talking about cutting the tie on Duarte. I mean, here's here's the deal. If you're a candidate watching, and I know that we, we have plenty of candidates that watch this show, uh, you have this is just a hundred percent true. Like it or not, whatever. I'm just giving you the facts here. You got to be able to raise the money to run your own race. Do not rely on anyone ever, anyone. because the reality is. If you the reality is you raise too little money, you're dead. If you raise too much money, the Republican Party ain't helping you anyway. So just raise as much money as you can humanly possible to run the race that you need to run in your district in the way it needs to be run, because nobody spends those dollars more effectively than you. And, and my rule of thumb for a campaign, and again, if you're a consultant or you're running a campaign, 
85% of every dollar that you raise from we the people, because that's how it should be done. You should be raising money, small, small dollars from, are, I think, always preferable. I mean, I'll take you take any dollars you can get on a campaign trail, I guess. But I mean, 85% needs to go to voter outreach, 15% to operational expenses. That means you're running with a skeleton crew and volunteers. There's no other way to rent a race. That's how you do it. Um, but Rich, I completely agree with you on, on everything that you're saying, especially this fake narrative that that we have a slim majority because the wrong Trump MAGA candidates won. I'm thinking specifically about Joe Kent. I'll tell you about Joe Kent, man. I know you know him well, but just for new people who are watching on Red Voice Media uh, or or, you know, on on just as regular viewers of Battleground, the guy is a special forces officer, worked in the CIA. He's a gold star spouse. In any other time in America's history, a man like that would walk into Congress and serve for a lifetime if he wanted. He's an outside-the-box thinker. He's right on all the issues. He's great at articulating himself. And the guy's a freaking hero. Served his country, put his life on the line. And and you have people out there, establishment people who have beltway brain, who never get outside of a Washington, D.C. zip code that are like, no, he's the wrong candidate. He's the wrong. But the reality is, is that the establishment party stabbed him in the back and didn't help him when he needed him most. And they attacked him in a primary and that hurt him in a general. It, it's just ridiculous. Joe, they sent out mailers with him on the on on one side with Hitler and Bernie Sanders. <laughs> I know. That was I from know. Kevin McCarthy's allied group. You know, I mean, and don't don't tell me that Kevin and, and Emmer didn't have a role in this and and Spencer and the rest of them, wherever, because that's West. So Spencer, that's his region. Um, you know, so was California, by the way. They had him. On, I mean, it's very difficult when you're sending those kinds of advertisements to people, especially older folks. It's very difficult, even after he beats Herrera Butler in the primary, to then pivot and say, ah, oh, we were just kidding. He's not Hitler. You know, I mean, get, it's it's outrageous that they even did that all to protect Herrera Butler, who voted to impeach Donald Trump. And the truth is they didn't want all of these MAGA people in Congress because they didn't want to happen what we are seeing happen right now. They, uh, you know, this has been going on for a long time. It even predates MAGA. And when the Tea Party rose, uh, Boehner and leadership even before, did everything in their power to stop Tea Party candidates. I'm, I remember Joe exactly Miller, right. Joe Miller winning in uh, against Lisa Murkowski in the primary in 2010 in Alaska, and Carl Rove sabotaged him. Him and uh, oh the, the NRSC sent consultants out to Joe. Had him well, you know, we're gonna have to saddle. We're gonna have to basically sideline your primary team if you want the money. And you know, he's, you know, I need I need their help. And instead, they they sabotaged him and worked with Lisa to work with Democrats to get her to, uh, elected in that write-in campaign. And the Democrats abandoned their candidate uh, because of you know uh, agreements that they had with with rhinos to keep Joe Miller out of the Senate. And honestly, he's a better man than me because he handled it with a lot more class than I would have. I'll tell you right now. I, I mean, he's got things that he. He could have said and done to make to make life very difficult for some of those people, and he didn't do it, and he just kept on with the fight. But uh, I, I, you know, they're, they're at some point. There's all going to bottleneck all of this clash between the base and the and the, and the establishments going to hit, you know, and come to a head. And I think that's really what we're living through right now and what we're seeing right now. But um, you know, the Senate, you know, going back to what you had said, the, it, you really hit the nail on the head. Senate obviously got to raise a lot more money, but 
folks at home should know this as well. Don't give to the National Republican Senatorial Committee. Don't give to the National Republican Congressional Committee. They have their scumbag donors that they can pick up the phone and call. They hate your guts just as much as them, and they'll they'll max out to them. Don't worry. They're not going to go hungry. They're not going to go dry. Their coffers aren't going to go empty. Give to candidates. If you can do low dollar, that's all you can do. That's fine, because the bigger the donor base for a candidate, the better. They can always come back and re-up. It's DeSantis's problem that he had from the beginning against Donald Trump. DeSantis had a much bigger don—I mean, a, a much a bigger, big donor base, but Trump had a a, a wider, broader, um, you know, a small dollar donor base, so he was able to go back and tap at any time he needs. Give to candidates. Think of this as a national race. You may not live in a battleground district, so help somebody who is, uh, you know, uh, shares your values, who's MAGA, who's conservative, and help them. So, you know, if you don't have a district that is particularly competitive. Go on and help somebody who, who is, because the, you cannot rely on the leadership's funds and the NRSC, the NRCC, to come in and help these people. They're not going to. In fact, they're going to do everything in their power to stop them. Just like a few hours ago, I got off the phone, Sean, with this guy who was telling me when he ran for Congress in California, which he did several times, um, they basically gaslit him. They wanted him to do what you said drain resources you know, from from the Democrats overall, even though that Democratic candidate was not very vulnerable. Ended up, he came very close anyway to beating him, even though he, they abandoned him and he didn't raise much money. The second go around, they promised him everything in the world. Jessica Patterson, who, by the way, if you think Kevin McCarthy's a problem, better watch out for her because she wants Rona's job and she hates Donald Trump. Regardless of what she says in public when Trump goes to Anaheim to make a speech, that woman can't stand his guts. She hates MAGA and she hates the base. She is a rhino through and through. Anyway, she sat down with him and she said, we're definitely going to help you this time as long as you use my people. And because he was loyal to them, um, his his own team, she basically just got up and walked away, not giving you a dime. I mean, it, this is the you kind of the stuff story, that the people – you know. I do. I do. I know. I know. I've lived it. I know what it's like. It's a dirty business. And, you know, I, so – okay, so I've got about seven minutes left, and i got to talk about this. Presidential race, Trump, the primary, I, I know just all of that stuff. I want your take on it, but also just DeSantis saw a couple of videos him of him, and I don't want to bash the guy because I, I don't like I I I just the loser. See, dude. seems get over. Come on, <laughs> a loser. I'm, I'm, I'm done playing nice with. This. I just don't. That last clip I commented on, Sean. That's that's what I'm saying. That's I saw so I saw some of these clips that I just I. I just don't understand. I, I, it feels like his campaign is indistinguishable from the Lincoln Project at this point. I just, I don't, I just don't understand the. I, I don't. I just think he's. I'm not. I think he was a great governor. I'm not trying to attack him. I'm just saying I. Whoever's advising him to attack Trump in this way could not be more wrong. And then you had his one and only. Uh, it's one and only elected Jewish member of the state legislature had done so much to support him throughout his entire career as governor and then endorsed him for president. He swapped his uh, endorsement. He rescinded his endorsement earlier this week, and he gave it to Donald Trump, and he wrote this lengthy response why. And in one of them, by the way, he got jumped himself by Nazis. All right. The, the legislator, the lawmaker in Florida. It's insane. And what was DeSantis's response today? Those Nazi rallies I'm hearing about are fake. They're not going on. Sean, I've seen footage of them. 
Uh, my family told me about them. They've driven past them on the side of the road. Laura Loomer has footage of it. I mean, what? They're fake? I, honestly, I, I, the guy really, uh, you know, I try to just speak for voters, uh, but there's a reason why. He's down 40 points in Florida in our last poll in Florida in the primary. He's down 40 points in his own state. And when we came out with that poll, of course, we got the usual blowback and nonsense until Florida Atlantic University came out and actually was even less favorable to him than we were. There's a reason for that. He is destroying himself. And at this point, I don't think he deserves any respect. You're, you're a grown man, Sean. I'm a grown man. He's a grown man. What is he doing? I invite him to use a teleprompter. He's a horrible debater. You're, you're, I mean, you're pretending like you could stand on the stage with Trump even if he came. You couldn't. You wouldn't even be I, governor if it wasn't for Donald Trump. What do you? That's doing? that's that's my that's my issue with so many of these candidates uh, is that none of these people would have a platform at all. Not just not just candidates, but even people in Trump's orbit. You know, I, you know, I, I talked a little bit about you know, what Jenna Ellis was facing yesterday. And I tried to give people all sides to that story. And I don't want to go down that path, but just she was somebody that benefited tremendously from being in Trump's orbit and being around him in terms of building, in terms of building a platform. Right. And, and DeSantis, it's fair to say he would not be governor without Donald Trump. And when you look, when you talk about Donald Trump and his ability to debate, he is a very, very, very good debater and he actually uses humor he's and entertaining as hell i think he I, I i'm not look everyone knows i'm a trump guy but this is not i'm not trying to bullshit people here right. i just I'm think he's the, he's the he's the most significant figure in in u.s politics in the last 50 years i i just think he's just caused this tectonic shift in the Republican Party. And he's the only leader in our party that speaks with moral clarity on issues about Ukraine and wanting to save people's lives in Israel and where it, he I just think that I don't understand how this primary continues to drag on like it does. It certainly seems to me like a great many of these other candidates. Uh, what the hell are they doing in the race, Rich? If we're being honest, they're doing uh, what many people, many voters suspect they're doing, which is why they're losing. They're being uh, stooges for the left at this point. They're, they're, they serve no positive purpose at all for being in this primary at this point. Their entire argument, Sean, it's gone. Now, he's not electable. I'm the only one who's electable. I'm the only one who can win conservative women. Wait until you see the graph I sent you when you get off the show today. Check Check it out. Even in liberal New York, the big surge is coming from liberal women and non-white voters. Everything that every case they made was built on a lie that Jeff Rowe told them. And all of these other, you know, they, they, they're really disgraced Republican establishment pollsters who uh, are really reduced to advising losing candidates at this point. That's what their job is. And, you know, the problem with DeSantis is he where's he has no core now. He's he has done something that is difficult for any politician to return from. He's exposed that he really doesn't have a core. Every time they tell him to do something or try something else, 
um, he does it. So you don't know who the man is or where he really stands. You can't be the guy who put your kids in an ad and celebrated Donald Trump and his presidency with your children, Sean. Bill, and then Mr. Trump said, build that wall and then go on and call him <laughs> ineffective and trash him every step. I mean, you're just a slime ball with no spine. You don't believe in anything. His biggest, his first dent in his so-called armor came when Tucker Carlson was still on Fox and he asked them to be specific and respond with your policy on Ukraine. And he gave a response that he thought MAGA would like. And then all of his donors and all of the establishment and media flipped out on him. So he walked it back and just began this flip-flop like a fish out of water, dying, gasping for <laughs> right? And people saw it for what it was. You know, he's, who is this guy? And then you know, when voters looked at him the hardest is when he exposed himself. And that is just something you don't come back from. And if he keeps well, this up, that teleprompter thing, come on. And Sean, the Hamas smart people, you and I never got a chance to publicly talk about it, but we did privately. That's the very Not right. The below the belt hit. And it completely discounts the fact that Hamas and Hezbollah are smart. Brilliant. They exploit your weaknesses. You're not you're not complimenting them when when you say that. You're respecting your enemy, which which is a tried and true tactic on the battlefield. But Rich, as always, I love having you on. You got to tell people. I tell people. We tell people in the live chat, and and Brock, the one of my producer extraordinaires, is always in the live chat, as I like to say, rabble rousing and fomenting insurrection. We're always telling people <laughs> to follow your page on Rumble at, <laughs> at People's Pundit. Uh, but where can people find you? And how can people keep up with Savage Rich? You know, I'm on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter, Getter Truth. But the best place, Sean, is on Locals, peoplespundit.locals.com. Go check it out. You can be a member or a supporter. Because, you know, either way, uh, there is, of course, supporters get things like polling before everybody else. Uh, there's a really cool expose, actually, from the Epoch Times that I just put on there. I sat down with the reporter who's uh, assigned to the Trump campaign for 24. And we had a very long and depth conversation. And she wrote up a, a really good piece about the, all the different elements to the race in 24. Uh, so go check it out. Definitely. Peoplespundit.locals.com. Thanks for having me. Awesome, man. Yeah, Savage Rich, we love having you here, man. I like that we're, we got this like bi-weekly or even weekly thing going. But as usual, we love getting your sense on reading the tea leaves. Uh, Rich, thanks for coming on Battleground Live. We'll see you soon, brother. Um, okay, so we're about at the end of the show. Tomorrow, I got a hell of a show for you. We're going to talk about you know, America having a major, major anti-Semitism problem. It's all over our, it's all in our cities. It's all in our college campuses, what we can do about it moving forward and how just kids today, first of all, if you have kids, grandkids, how it's just so important to teach them about good versus evil. Kids today almost lack any ability to tell the difference. That matters so much. And I also have to tell you something that's scaring the hell out of me and not a whole lot of things do, but I just feel in my bones that a major war is on the horizon. So uh, stay tuned tomorrow for Battleground Live, which airs live at 5 Drew Burquist is up next on Red Voice Media. So if you're watching, make sure you like this video. Make sure you subscribe to Battleground Live. And then head over to Red Voice Media and watch my friend Drew Burquist. He's on from 6 to 9 right after me. As always, thank you all for coming on and watching the show tonight. Thanks, Savage Rich, for being here. God bless you all. And God bless this amazing country that we call home. Take care.
This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.